Open the laptop to type. I put my name into Skype. Some blog we're going to hype. And now they're on the pod. We're talking football and things happening in wrestling rings. But you just ask which one sings. You're listening to the pod. Don't tell your parents. Vandenberg killed the Barons. Is it time to fire Ferrance? Ask the scout.com at baby. You're listening to a sonic bomb blast of stats and dick jokes. Black Heart Gold Podcast. Totally amateurish. Not even broadcast. Sometimes it's Spanish. Black Heart Gold Podcast. You hear the ice cubes in our rocks glass. We don't even edit. Black Heart Gold Podcast. There aren't that many words that rhyme with podcast. Let's start the interview. Black Heart Gold Podcast. It's so funny. I mean, that's, it's not funny. It's probably funny to, to other people, but like, I was so convinced. Like, this this went from like, does the NCAA have any jurisdiction? To oh my god, it's the <laughs> the Walking Dead penalty. Yeah, it happened. Shit, I was talking to the Kevin on what day was it? Thursday. Yeah. This never came up. No, I think it came up Thursday or Friday, didn't it? Well, when we were talking, either I hadn't heard about it or I hadn't hit the the wire yet because we were talking about everything but mm-hmm. will the NCAA destroy Penn State football. Yeah, and they did. They did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sunday was – luckily I was able to run around Sunday, but there was nothing worse than being told Sunday morning that there was a 9 a.m. scheduled press conference and then having to deal with the Internet for the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when I but when I heard that, I'm like, oh well, they haven't been actually charged with anything, so clearly they've worked out a deal that's going to be satisfactory to both sides, and we're going to somehow, you know, not skate, obviously, but get through this without being completely crippled as a football program. And as it turns out, it was this or the actual death penalty, and I'm not sure the actual death penalty wouldn't have been better. I'm actually thinking you're probably right. Yeah, that was such a that was such a like convenient headline, and I was like, oh, this is this is very like cute. But it turns out that all of the this fate worse than death stuff um, is is pretty true. I think. I mean, we have yeah. we now have the same number of scholarships as what Lehigh is going to have in a year or two, or, or maybe even this year. It's sixty five. And You're transferring like 20 scholarships from you to Oral Roberts <laughs> as they make the jump to yeah. FBS. Oh man, it's it's a it's just a uh, bombing. It is. They, they've they've turned that program to dust. Well, let's go ahead. We've already gotten far enough in. We don't need to do the the big honking intro. But Blackheart Gold Podcast 83. Also, Slow States Podcast. Because why the hell not? Um, Pat Vint, Chris Rovich. Kevin Powers, the typical slow states crew on a a somber day for for my brethren. Kind of a somber day for me cuz I do enjoy Penn State football and I'm going to miss it so um we would we would break out the um suicide is painless uh <laughs> podcast intro but it's specifically made for for Iowa basketball. I could probably rewrite it, but there might be a little bit of work. So just imagine that was the opener. Um, for those who've been under a rock today, Penn State uh, gets a 
four-year postseason ban, which seems completely unnecessary because they're also reduced to 15 new scholarships per season for each of those four years, and a 65-player scholarship player limit. Um, they will also be paying a $60 million fine to the NCAA over the next five years and will be forfeiting their uh, Big Ten uh, bowl money, which will be another 13 or so million, they think, over um, over the like the four-year bowl ban. Um, and uh, the most cruel of all of these things, not only can any Penn State football player um, transfer immediately without having set out a year, and not only um, can they stay out and just keep their scholarship, but uh, other teams from from the FBS can take on a a Penn State player this year and just pay back the scholarship in future years. It's like trading a first-round pick for a first-round pick in a future draft. Um, there's also a five-year probationary period with um, an education officer from the NCAA. No one really knows what the hell that is. And Penn State vacates all wins from 1998 to 2011, although it seems like the dumbest penalty of all. Um, in, in the the win vacation thing is kind of the, the most... Um, the most poignant one, though it it's, uh, makes it very clear what the mindset is during the the rest of it. I think. So, Kevin, what are your thoughts here? Is this actually worse than the death penalty? And if not, just broad strokes, what kind of effect is this going to have on Penn State football? So, my my initial reaction to this. Um, even before the football thing, and I know this isn't the most popular opinion in, in Crystal will offer probably a counterpoint, but I, I was okay with all of this, to be totally honest with you. And I, I know that, that I'm supposed to be probably more upset, but, you know, it was pretty clear on Sunday when they when they were able to kind of rush to judgment on this that Penn State was a part of it. You know, the, there was, you know, all of these were basically co-signed by Penn State this morning when they were announced, so there's no sense, you know, there's no appeal, there's nothing like that. In terms of... of whether it fits or whether there's jurisdiction, obviously, like, that's a, a pretty exhausted argument. But to me, the bigger picture is that Penn State really needed to just take their medicine and move on here. And so I'd love, I'd love to be able to hammer out and negotiate, you know, three years versus four years versus five years versus all these different scholarship limitations. But the, at the end of the day, they, they have to justify, you know, any appeal against like the you know the ultimate trump card as we've been talking about since November which is which is how can anything compare to the crime and nothing can which is the fundamental issue with all of this stuff is that you know nothing can undo or compare it so in terms of of what Penn State needed to do I think starting basically they're able to start over today um, or at least start moving forward today in a, in a way that in, in some sense this is the most relief I've had during this whole thing since since it broke. Um, the football team is screwed, though, <laughs> and and by proxy, the the athletic department, the school, the city economy, all of those people are going to be hurting in a really fundamental and material way. I think this is this is at least at least an eight year issue, and and even then, you know, the, you wonder if they'll ever really get back to to being who they who they could have been in three or four years if, if they, you know, we've been, <laughs> we've been talking for a decade now about what could happen if you put a real hustling coach into the position of, 
of head head football coach at Penn State, and and now that's all going to have to be kicked down the road for another decade. Yeah, that's the thing on the football side. You know, if you can compartmentalize all this stuff to just be able to say, you know, this one little thing, the actual football coaches and football players and football people. Yeah, in this situation that is at, at Penn State right now, they they were the one little entity that like it, it, they still had hope. Like they had, they're, they're the ones who actually had their stuff together for the first time in a long time at Penn State, and um, now that's gone. And I mean, it's gone. There's no, I mean, <laughs> it's it, it, it's legitimately. I don't know. What, I don't know what the death penalty feels like, but I imagine it feels a lot like this. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, the death penalty. I mean, T, or SMU got the death penalty. They got one year with no football, one year with no scholarships. If they could play football, um, they also couldn't play uh, any any home games. They could keep their road games that year. They just chose not to play the second year as well. Um, and it took them twenty years to even somewhat recover, and that took June Jones coming to town. In, strictly in strictly in football terms, like in in terms of the health of the actual program, I'd take that in a heartbeat. And that's that's my question: is this is a four year ban? This this knocks out an entire generation of Penn State football. If you are if you well, sign a letter of intent with them this year, if if you don't redshirt, you won't be able to play a bowl game. You won't be able to play, play in the postseason. Yeah, no, your no Big Ten career. championship game. No, you know. Right. You're just playing for fun at this point. Well, and, you're, and, and if you're Bill O'Brien, you're trying to sell kids on the fact that, look, you know, we're still going to get you to the NFL if we can. You're still going to get a great degree. If you like the people here, if you like the students here, if you like being, you know, close to home or whatever it is, this is still a good situation as long as you can accept all this other stuff that's going to be going on. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the, safety, the safety belt here, though, I think is – is the Big Ten Conference. That's something mm-hmm. SMU yes. didn't have. You know, yeah. They didn't have any stable footing to sit on. So certainly this recruiting class would be, you know, I'm just going to say it, they would be incredibly, incredibly foolish to go to Penn State, I think, this year. There's there's really nothing Penn State, other than, you know, if, like Chris is saying, I guess if if just in your kind of roots you have Penn State ties and, and are attached to the area, then, of course, um, you know, Fundamentally, the place hopefully won't change, but and and that's it's a very naive thing that I said. <laughs> you know, if, if you can actually sell these kids on that, there were a few recruits who said similar things today, but that's only because it's day one. It's once it's day thirty or day fifty or day sixty, you know, this roster is going to get raided. You've gotten seventy-five calls from coaches at that point. Yeah, this roster is going to get, and not, not just the recruiting class, the roster. Do you think any of the the actual you know juniors and seniors that are kind of the the head of this program at the moment are really going to jump ship, or is it going to be just the the underclassmen that you know aren't quite as tied to the university at that point and can say, you know, I can still get three good years at Michigan State mm-hmm. or Nebraska or you know Maryland or wherever it might be. And and I'm oh, sorry, Ken, I just want to say one okay. thing. It, it's it's a very fair thing. You know, people are 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 saying, you know, why are you punishing these players? And in a sense, it's really the reason is it's all the NCAA can do. But at the same time, they are being fair and letting these kids transfer, even the ones who are, you know, seniors. 
yeah. anywhere without penalty if if they just want to actually play football this season and you have a shot at whatever in the postseason. Also, they were very fair in the sense that if any of these Penn State players want to just leave the football team and stay at Penn State, their scholarship will be honored. Right. So for yeah. you know for all the, the the thorns that come with the NCAA, that was that was a good move on their part. Yeah, and I think is this is another kind of pleasant. The, the only win-win decision that's been made in this whole thing is is the Big Ten, you know, the few guys that that really might, you know, be poached or gone after by everybody. The Big Ten put itself in a situation to at least try to keep that talent in-house and, and waived all of the, uh, oh, yeah. the school and player punishments to stay in yeah, the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I, forgot, I forgot that part, too. Yeah, Delaney said that they would uh, allow in-conference transfers. Not Kirk Ferentz today was was saying Red Rover Red Rover send Silas right over. <laughs> you know what? I'd be happy to I'd, I'd be happy to give him to you. I, yeah, and I, you know, not I'm, for him because I, I fear for his health. Right. But if 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 airbag deities here. Yeah. If, if airbag didn't exist, I'd be happy to to watch him. You know, be the missing piece that you guys need to make a run at something because I, you know. I do wonder though, from a from a PR perspective, how I mean, you really have to. I mean, Wisconsin will have no problem with it, but other than that, it's, it's probably a little <laughs> bit of a tricky situation. Bill has called everybody on our roster yet. <laughs> yeah, that I, I'm kind of in a weird way hope that the entire team just and they have 160 scholarship players at Wisconsin, which would be allowed <laughs> in the rules, by the way. Yeah, they just would have zero next, <laughs> like, next year. Next year, their class is full. It would be the Florida's approach to college football: build it up and then just tear the whole fucking thing down. Um, um, I, I just wonder if it's any... tricky to go after. Other, the, you know, the hot prospect guys, the guys that really are going to make an impact might want to leave. But I wonder, I mean, to, to take on kind of the PR issue for a, you know, a four or five slot receiver or, uh, you know, a guy to rotate in 20 year lines. I, I, it might work. I, I don't, I, you know, these guys need to win. That's probably the ultimate thing. But I, I just, I'm interested to see. Um, and, you know, we're talking about rating. Penn State's roster, and, and, and Pete Run the Dive brought this up earlier. He's like, yeah, there, there's your college culture right there. <laughs> right. So, you know, we, we're, 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 so, we're so keyed on the word culture right now. And, uh, yeah, they're just lined up to pick the bones. Oh, yeah, just like the SMU situation where all the coaches just descended on Dallas. Just mm-hmm. take everybody you can. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, Chris, that it's day one, everybody's – circle in the wagons, but, you know, 30, 60 days down the line, that might not be the case. Uh, Bill O'Brien comes out today and issues one of those, like, Todd Graham, I love it here, I'm never leaving statements. It, I guess it's kind of a two-sided question. One, does he really mean, is he really going to be there for the long haul? And two, is the Penn State fan base, do they understand just how bad this is to the point where they're going to be able to be patient with him while they go through – what I'm assuming is going to be four years of just abject pain. Yeah, and it, it's probably going to be more. Um, well, first, apparently Bill O'Brien's contract does not allow him to get out without having to pay a significant amount back to Penn State. He has no out clause, so he would essentially, if he leaves in the first year or two or even three, will owe a pretty good chunk of change to Penn State. So nice work there, agent. Um, <laughs> as, as far as the Penn State... Um, fans accepting this, you know, yeah. I I think what you see from Penn State fans, and and this is this is broad brushing, but 
most fans online, of, of, of whom we are, are among very much so, the Penn State fans right now are not really – I've been saying that we're all in various stages of acceptance or grief. And, you know, there's like 90% of us are just in various, like, stages of dealing right now. And the other 10% are just – they're gone. Yeah, they're, they're, they, they've, they've, they've lost it completely. It's – yeah, they're going to be patient with them because they have to be because there's no alternative. You know, no, those 90% of the, of the fan base – cannot look at this situation rationally and expect anything good to come for at least, God, I mean. It's a decade. You, it's 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's 10 years. The, my immediate reaction this morning when I saw the list of penalties, which I could not believe, and I could not believe Penn State agreed to them. Yes. Um, although apparently the alternative was straight-up death penalty, which, like I said, fine. Um, when I saw the list of punishments this morning i thought 10 to 15 years yeah you and know that's no, insane kind of, kind of like i'll be I'll, I'll be almost be like 50 by then <laughs> <laughs> i'm thinking like a whole decade of football is just going to be lost <laughs> like no chances to win anything it's just gone well fowler fowler really you know i watched about i watched until they put jesse palmer on the television and then i and then i went back to doing so the glad i was on your television today but Fowler actually, um, as as he's apt to do, was was pretty sane and and really almost one of the very first things he said is is this idea that um, that that this is the NCA putting their foot down and and saying you know we're going back to like this this you know we we're not putting up with this win at all cost culture et cetera et cetera. Meanwhile, you know this this 14 playoff is pushing forward. These TV contracts are doubling. The Rose Bowl contract is tripling. So it. You know everything is including you know salaries and all this stuff going up, up, up. So he he basically called called them out on on this idea that that we're basically like trying to have it both ways, which is the fundamental lie that all this college football stuff is built on in the first place. Of course, place, yeah. Which is what I'm you know up until previously was was fine with, but you know the the problem I think with the, with the death penalty, and I would be interested to know if that was the ultimatum, is that I, That's I what wonder. I'm- uh, Rodney Erickson, Penn State's president, said uh, that was basically the, the the choice: is that they could go before the committee on infractions, and basically the NCAA was going to go for the death penalty, or Penn State and, and Penn State would pretty much have to sue them at that point. They, the NCAA pretty much acknowledged this, and I, I or they could just agree to what they agreed to today. And and people are <laughs> some people just don't get it yet. They're like, oh, we should appeal this. Like, no, we agreed to this. <laughs> This is, right. this, is a this, is a, this is a plea bargain to something that was never even charged in the first place. Yeah, but, um, but I just think economically, I guess we're, just to, to finish that thought, economically, I think, yeah. I think that, that shutting it down, I mean, what happens to the businesses, what happens to you know their role in the Big Ten, what happens to you know all of these different things? What happens to every other program? I mean, they, Emmerich said – That's today, really it. Emmert said, you know, look, they asked him point blank, where will the money come from to pay this fine? That <laughs> killed me. And, and, and he said, I'm not going to tell them where they have to get the money, but they will not cut one scholarship or one program, period. I mean, they, they will continue to, to go forward. And I'm, 
I guarantee there's no death penalty here. Well, and in part because in part because Penn State agreed to do it, but in part because if you kill off the football program, every other student athlete at the university doesn't have a spot. Well, for the it's next gone. Student. Yeah, he also said right after gone. that, I I hope it, and I certainly don't want it to come out of any academic fund either. Right. Which is where my my initial my immediate thought was the the moment and and I tweeted this so bear with me for repeating myself but the moment right in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels where the guy gets all his money taken and all of his friends' money is gone and they and and he gets you know basically the the goon comes up to him and says and you owe us you know half a million dollars and I need it in a week and it's like that, that's basically what they're telling Penn State like we took all your money. We took all your resources. You owe us money. I don't, you know, just come up with it magically. Obviously, you have no like. If it can't come out of academics, if it can't come out of athletics. Yeah. Well, I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting how the numbers came down because I quick pulled up and, and uh, I had a conversation with Jacoby when it happened. But I quick pulled up Penn State's um, athletic finances for the last three years, and they're turning about an eighteen million dollar profit every year. And and magically, the NCAA comes up with give us twelve, and the Big Ten says give us five, mm-hmm. and you guys get one back. Basically, <laughs> essentially, it's like okay, we know exactly how much you're going to make. You better make sure you fill the seats. Yeah, well, that's because that's that's where the money's going to come from. And then at, at that point, you know, we're all taken care of, and you can continue to do what you're doing right now. Which I guess begs the question: Will Penn State fans show up if they're winning three games a year? No. But, that's a good yeah. I, I would I want to hear no, you know they won't. Into, I, and that stadium is so big it's going to get the impression yeah. is going to get amplified big time. Yeah, that, that's the yep. thing. It's such a, it the stadium can't be filled. The stadium's the second or third biggest stadium in the country. It's one hundred ten thousand plus, I believe. Yeah, it's number two. No, it's not no, it's not happening. And almost everybody drives hours and hours to get there. This isn't right. like, oh, well, you know, afternoon at, at the at the stadium kind of thing like you can have in Columbus or Ann Arbor. It's not like that. Right, yeah. People have to make an effort to get there. That's 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 a very good point in terms of, of you know, making that final decision of do I really want to go up and watch Penn State lose to Indiana by three touchdowns? Right. Um, well, you know, they could sell that game to FedEx again. <laughs> they might have to. They might be selling it to uh, whatever the Lucas Field, Lucas Oil Field in Indianapolis. We'll be selling our game. And that, yeah. that you know, is the other shoe to drop in all this is what, you know, is looking at the future schedule and you've got Pitt on there, you've got Rutgers on there. Oh, Pitt's going to destroy there. us. I wonder, Pitt, Pitt is going to is gonna keep the home and home just for, oh, for oh, their we'll self-egos. <laughs> Uh, you're just thinking of all this dumb shit that's gonna happen. Like we we have, we're probably gonna get beaten by Rutgers and and Pitt and and teams the, like that. One of my favorite tweets this morning was was the first thing I saw from a a Pitt account, and it was an updated Penn State versus Pitt record rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> the ninety eight and ninety nine wins vacated. Bastards! They've taken everything from me. <laughs> I really did want the uh, 6-4 Iowa loss to be vacated. I was going to tell you, 6-4 still exists, boys. <laughs> That's bullshit. Although I do wonder, wonder. Um, there was apparently several Ohio State vacated victories that have now been re-double vacated on both sides. Yeah, the, two tel- the 2010 Penn State-Ohio State game does not exist now. <laughs> Neither team won it. Okay. Nobody won it. That's great. I, I, yeah. I assume it exists in a vacuum somewhere, but nobody won it. It, it never happened. No. Um, 
Somebody lost it, but nobody won it. <laughs> That's how these things work. <laughs> it was a zero-zero final. <laughs> oh, um, my life's going to be terrible on Saturdays for a decade. It's, it's only a decade. Honestly, like, what am I? What am I going to do? <laughs> like, you can't. You can't. I'm sorry. Like, you can't find many people in in who've written. At Penn State blogs or, or columns or anywhere that have been more angry at Penn State and Joe Paterno and everyone else than me. But what am I going to do without football? <laughs> God damn it, people. Now, I, I the vacated wins, does that mean that they're just they're just marked as zeros? They're not really forfeited, right? No, they're all the losses count. All, uh, none of the wins count. I guess if you're another team, those losses don't count. I don't know. Right. I mean, that's that was just was interpreted. See, that, I mean, that that whole lot. I mean, that was just spiteful shit. That was yeah. It was. <laughs> that was just aimed directly at a uh, at Paterno. Like, all right, you're you're. Uh... <laughs> this is the only thing we get. It's the only thing we can get him with. Yeah, like, and, and he's quite literally dead. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any alternative. But that, I mean, that was you know. I'm not even saying that it's unfair, but still, that's. That, I that, think it's pretty petty. That's some that's some fuckery right there. <laughs> really, that is that is exactly. To go back to ninety eight, and, and now he's like number twelve on the all time. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, think about it this way: at least the Anthony Morelli era is basically wiped clean. <laughs> I've already I've, I've wiped that clean. Long it's enough. back to the zero the zero win. Uh, uh, Zero sum game it, that it should, really should have been. It's taking a lot of drinking to erase that from my mind. So isn't it funny that that was all all for naught in hindsight? Looking back at some of the years where where you cared, <laughs> only to find out that you know Evan Royster I think was was retweeted all over the place, saying that n- none of his wins count anymore. He apparently is. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, so I've never won a college he's like, game. Yeah, that was Crap. well, that was fun. Lost all every college game I played in this morning. <laughs> um, so. Uh, look, I am looking forward to getting first row seats for $5 in 2015. <laughs> they will be available. They're going to be printing those tickets on the back of pizza boxes. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, man. It's, this is bad. Yeah, it's definitely it's, it's bad. This is going to be my only never, never in a million years. I thought when, when Penn State had struck a deal, that meant that it would be okay. Like, not painful – and justified, but not okay. This is this this is just an avalanche. I mean, there's there's no alternative left but to laugh at it at this point. Like, okay, so we're done for you know we're done until 2020. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> all my school president did today. I mean, yeah. The press conference. She's just like she kept guffawing. Like there was nothing else for the Big Ten to do at that point. <laughs> I actually was expecting that to be much worse. That didn't stop them, though. Um, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, Adam and I talked about this the other night, and I don't think it's it's probably in play now because they're only taking bowl revenue and not TV revenue. But if the if the Big Ten had had pulled the plug on all TV and bowl revenue to Penn State for the next four or five years, does Penn State leave the conference? Oh, um, no, where are they going to go? Yeah, I don't think they would. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I, I wonder they if, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't get a better deal anywhere else, even if they had to sit out for, I mean, even if you were, if they were to, to, to just quit, go independent, 
fill their schedule with whatever they could fill it with and yeah. go on local TV and see if you can get a little bit of money Just, out of that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny. It'd be on the like Comcast Sportsnet. Um, I mean, Between, after, could you imagine after like after a Pirates game? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, could you imagine if Penn State actually went independent and tried to fill their schedule in October and November? <laughs> every week. Who would the Who in the actual <laughs> fuck would they get for that? How many directional Louisianas are there? Well, and that's a, here's the thing, though. You couldn't even get them because you need to pay them to come play you. Well, yeah, we'd have, we'd have to play UMass like four times. <laughs> At UMass. <laughs> and, and so honestly, don't think – revenue sport. Don't think that I haven't considered the, you know, the notion of Eastern Michigan scheduling us for homecoming at some point. <laughs> <laughs> like like that, that shit could wow. happen, you know? We're gonna we're gonna take them. We're, we're gonna take the seventy five thousand dollar money game at Eastern Michigan in Ypsilanti or wherever it is. <laughs> Directional Michigan pays you to show up at their stadium. Honestly, um, I, I wonder if the BTN probably didn't foresee this kind of thing, and I wonder if contractual the NCAA can do what they want. Where Penn State's one of a hundred on in that list. I wonder if the Big Ten was a much, much more complicated. You know, I, I don't I don't think Penn State had any cards to play against the NCAA, which is why I can see them thinking that just agreeing to this and moving on was, was the best-case scenario. I can see them pushing back on the Big Ten and saying, you know, and, you know, and let's not pretend that Big Ten Network's value isn't in large part because of Penn State's contributions also. Right. Yeah. No doubt about so it. If we're, we're going to be punishing and having collateral damage instilled on people. But, but uh, there was I mean, a, I – sorry. I, I mean, I was going to say I wonder if they weren't somewhat instrumental in us not getting a TV ban or if, you know, if that, that was an NCI. Because that – I mean, that's honestly – that's as close to the death penalty as you can get if you're not even allowed on TV. Right. Well, I that's wonder if that's even shit. feasible at this point. Yeah, well, yeah. I wonder like, if that, if that for this se- for this season, no, probably not. And I mean, even if they were to say, you know, next year we're not going to allow you to be on TV, I don't, I don't know just how feasible that is, given that every team that on Penn State schedule is going to have TV rights that they can actually. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we take everyone else down too. Right. We don't want to have any if, collateral damage here, guys. Right. If you're I telling do. Pitt they're going to lose their time, I want everyone to go down. It's, it's, the pit's going to the ACC. The only time they're going to be on TV is against Penn State. I keep forgetting that, by the way. So, I know. How wild is like, that? I, 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 I've, you know, made that mistake at least, like, four times. Like, oh, yeah, Pitt is going to the ACC. <laughs> Jesus. Or they can make a lot more money losing the Orange Bowl to the Big East every year rather than not. <laughs> Good point. Um, anyway, so uh, let's lighten things up a little bit here. Any Any music or beer? I just saw Wilco the other night. Yeah? In Camden. I saw about half the show. <laughs> um, no, they were good. And actually, I, the, it was a big festival at the Camden uh, waterfront right across the river from Philly. And um, nice place, too. And I saw the uh, last half of the Avet Brothers, who I had never yeah. actually seen um, live before, and they were unbelievable. And uh, and Wilco was good. They were they – were, uh, the, the set list itself is not my favorite, so. But they're good. A lot of Sky Blue Sky on there. 
Uh, <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I, yeah, there was there was some there's some old like they, right in the middle of the show they did a lot of like slow ambling like I'm gonna go to the bathroom now type songs and never quite <laughs> never quite recovered. But we had, it was getting late. We had to go anyway. You know we have kid who is angry so we, we had to. They uh, I don't mean to to interrupt you there. No, please do. There was a they played Sioux City for free on the Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. Wilco did. It, Sioux City is not a town that's a big Wilco town, for one thing. I mean, it, what is, they're not what is big in Sioux City? Search, um, I, I would say Toby Keith and anything that sounds like Toby okay. Keith is probably a pretty good draw. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Probably not a big Wilco town, though. Not a particularly big college crowd there. Um, and But there was a the Sioux City Journal, which is the newspaper that for like two years blasted uh, Todd Licklider for not playing Brennan Kugel, uh, former former Iowa Mr. Basketball yes. and uh, uh, fan of donuts, Brennan Kugel. Yes, I, I remember him well. A.K.A. <laughs> a- a- fat Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> uh, uh, they had, like, like, Brennan Kugel's mom on the editorial page just crushing them for not playing him. Every time they lose a game, it was because they didn't play Brennan Kugel. And they actually published um, this. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, yes, all the time. <laughs> That's amazing. And... and uh, so the Sioux City Journal had an article that my mom sent me because um, my parents live relatively close to Sioux City, and, and my mom wanted to know who this crazy band was who was going to bring all this violence and drugs to Sioux City. And and I said, I said, Mom, I'm going to get you a copy of Sky Blue Sky, and you can see there will be no violence or drugs at all in this show. It's just like, it, yeah, it's it's dad rock. It, it's, I uh, pops would love it. Now you have to understand, Camden is one of the most like murderous places on earth. But the I mean the waterfronts well police and all that stuff, but it's the Camden police who are there. So on our right. way walking into the show, you know, a bunch of cops are standing around. One of them, I'm carrying like a bottle of beer around. One of them stops. He's like, "Oh, sir, you don't want to be carrying that around. They'll give you a ticket down there, but I'm not giving out any tickets tonight. You guys are the nicest crowd we've had all summer long." <laughs> <laughs> like no shit, you serious? <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I bet we are. <laughs> so like, just 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 drink the beer and throw the bottle out. I'm like, okay, man, cool. So yeah. everyone, so yeah, they they were very happy to see Wilco fans um, in Camden, New Jersey. And while you're drinking High Life yeah. uh, tonight, you have any beer recommendations? It's a it's a bourbon and High Life kind of night. Um, <laughs> yeah, go go buy something from Trogues in Harrisburg if you can, if you can find it, if they send it to your area. Um, Troganator, Sunshine Pills, Hopback, it's all very, very good. And come see their new brewery here in, uh, well, it's in Hershey. So come visit us in Hershey, Iowa, people, if you're ever around, because they have excellent beer and excellent food, and it's right in the shadow of Hershey Park, so come see us. Central Pennsylvania is going to need your business soon. I was going to say, next time (laughs) Iowa fans are in town for the untelevised Iowa Penn State game, they can um, stop by. (laughs) So I actually was just... That might be the one way you guys get to fill the stadium. Self-imposed television ban. <laughs> and everybody can come watch the game. It's like the old Lock baseball trick. It's not on unless it's yeah. sold out. Black yourself out. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to be blacking myself out quite a bit in the next 10 years. <laughs> Kevin, what you got? Um, let's see. So Chris tipped me off about a uh, flying dog beer festival. Oh, yeah. Which I which I made it up to this Saturday. Um, one of my favorite local bands, J. J. Roddy Walston and the Business played, and they are 
just as short and with just as long 1970s hair as I imagine they would be. So <laughs> highly, highly recommended entertaining show. Pretty wild. Um, stouts. I don't drink many stouts, but their oyster stout um, is, oh. is something that I might actually buy. There's oysters in it, apparently. I couldn't taste the oysters, and I have no idea what they would even taste like in a beer, but um, but they're in there if you're into, I don't know, protein-infused stout. I guess. <laughs> if you're into a healthy stout. <laughs> Omega-3 stout, I guess you could call it. <laughs> that probably doesn't apply to oysters, so I don't know. Consult your position on that one. <laughs> we don't know. Mark, we, we would know that, but Mark Emmert has also closed down our uh, shellfish <laughs> department at Penn State. There was a shellfish department at Penn State. Well, there, there is There's all this kinds of, I was actually looking. Someone was asking a question about the board, and I and I found myself on the page a couple of days ago. And the vast majority of the Penn State board of directors is appointed by various agriculture organizations. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you become one of these agriculture organizations that gets to a point. You, you, you suck up to the governor like anyone else. That's <laughs> well, the governor gets to appoint the, the rest, the ones with the agriculture department. Well, yeah, he gets them too. Yeah, good times. So anyway. I spent the weekend in Baltimore. And some might ask, why would you ever be in Baltimore? And this is a good question. <laughs> um, I was on a, a tour of the sites from The Wire. Oh. Uh, no, I, I, no, I had a friend getting married in, in Baltimore on, on Saturday. <laughs> um, but... Despite the fact that it's Baltimore and it's kind of terrifying in certain spots, um, we did go to Max's Tap House, which quickly became my favorite bar ever. So that was all it was built to be? It was, and, and more. Um, I had, uh, well, I'm trying to think of what I had. Stone Ruination 10th Anniversary, which m- might be the best beer I've ever had. Huh. It was fantastic. I had um, the... Uh, um, Dogfish Head 120 Minute mm-hmm. IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a, something called um, Home Unuculus, although I don't know who made it. It was okay. It was a Belgian IPA. Um, I had a couple other things. My bar tab was ridiculously high. And, <laughs> it sounded and it was like you were going in order of, of how you drank them because they went from the best beer you've ever had to pretty good to this was good to I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was about halfway through my first glass of the 10th anniversary, and I turned to my friend and went, I think I'm a little buzzed. <laughs> I, haven't been, I haven't been buzzed on a beer, on one beer in a long, long time. Um, so I, I was thoroughly happy. Um, I, sent, I sent Patrick a message saying that he needed to make sure to track down some Natty Bow and that, no, it's not a very good beer. I drank a lot of Natty Bow at the wedding. No, <laughs> a lot of Natty Bow at the wedding. Yeah, it, I, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> That's really what I had. Uh, and no, it's not particularly good there. I mean, really, for, for like generic lager, it's perfectly fine, but it's not. I, I, now I know what that little sticker with the one, guy with the one yes. eye is. That guy's a good time. You have to stop by the gift shop and get the, the T-shirt of the Natty Bow guy. Getting married to the Utz pretzel girl. <laughs> the real t-shirt. An Andy Bow guy will lead you to glory. Uh, and oh, music-wise, Father John Misty, which is an Adam Jacoby pick. Um, 
very good, and you guys would really enjoy it right now because it's just a little bit depressing. I need a lot. To, like I'm gonna be listening to Elliot Smith <laughs> on a loop. Oh no! Just get just get out that Elliot Smith uh, suicide album. <laughs> From the basement on the hill. I'm just I'm I'm only gonna listen to it for eight years. <laughs> eight. It's been like honestly, I'd, I'd like to say because um, I'm, we're probably not gonna get this chance to do it again. It's been nice knowing everybody. <laughs> um, I very much enjoyed my interactions with the Iowa fan base and uh, and you and Adam and everybody else, and um, we'll see you. In about 10 years. Hey, there's room on the bandwagon. Thanks. You know what? I could... You you deliver us Silas Red. <laughs> <laughs> you get to join the team. How, um, how about a lightly worn Matt McGloin? I had a guy in my office today ask me a really interesting question. He said, what would you think would happen if we had, in fact, hired Tom Bradley now? Yeah. Would we actually land a bunch of guys, or would we be the ones under investigation oh. now on top? You'd... I don't know. Court Coronation was, was arguing on Friday for a 10-year show cause of everyone that coached at Penn State from 1998 <laughs> to 2011. The full staff. Uh, well, I'm sure that they'll, if you put it to an internet poll, they'll guarantee to win. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right, boys. Well, you take it easy. We'll, Let's do this we again in 10 years. Too bad. Yeah, we <laughs> There's, there's no good way to say goodbye. <laughs> I don't. If, if Iowa's schedule keeps getting easier, I don't know what the hell to do anymore. Like, it, it, they might, they might win ten games this year with the worst ten game <laughs> winning team ever mm-hmm. because there's no one left to play. If you're Wisconsin, there's nobody. You're, you're the king of the mountain. There's nobody. You get, yeah. you get our players, and you only have to beat Indiana to earn the bid into the championship game. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't forget our most hated rival, Purdue. Indiana hey, Wilson. Purdue. They actually, those two teams are allowed to combine this year into one roster <laughs> just for that game. They're like, they're like the Steagles back in the World War. <laughs> UPU? Yeah. Um, all right, boys. Well, don't don't listen to too much, Elliot. It will get- <laughs> I'll, I'll see what I can do. I think these will be here soon enough. No promises. <laughs> All right. See you later. Bye. So when I go home, I'll be happy to go. You're just somebody that I used to know. You don't need my help anymore.